Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. So I got another Instagram question today that I'm going to ask and put out to the three amigos, which means we'll just kind of get three different answers. So, uh, but first, let's welcome to the show. We'll go first to Matt. How are you? I'm doing awesome, Mike. Ready for uh, the question? I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dion, how are you? Zuber, doing great. Ready for round two. And I, I wish just before you hit record every time, you didn't say something that got us laughing because both me and Matt were like red faced. Right on the record. I do that on purpose. Not you call that the Santa Claus effect here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Well, the, the question I got uh, this morning, which I've already responded saying, hey, look for a video on YouTube is about reserves. So I think we would walk through, um, we'll walk through reserves, probably three different levels. Uh, first level being, you know, kind of one, two units, maybe we'll do reserves at like six units and then reserves, you know, where we are today. So Dion, I think you get this question a lot. You're on bigger pockets. So you probably got this question more than us. How do you handle reserves? What's kind of your, your answer to this? You, the, the way you formulate, formulated the question pretty much answered it. Hmm. You pointed out that there's a way to do reserves when you're starting when you have some units and as your portfolio scales and i've seen some people overcomplicate this oh and say i want four percent of my gross net worth and think okay so you need to know what your net worth is and or what are your gross net worth whatever that gross net that's not a thing right yeah so i i simplified it i thought if a water heater goes out if there's foundation problems if i have a couple months without rent or if i have a roof when i had seven or less units so mm -hmm. first rental to seven units I kept $10,000 in my account that was earmarked as reserves. This is money I don't touch unless I don't have money and there's an emergency. So that's reserves. It's not money that's used. It's money that's used when I don't have money and there's an emergency. Right. And to me, that was enough because of Murphy's Law. Things are going to go wrong. Once I broke the seven units and I got higher, I raised it to 30000 because Murphy's fourth corollary. Mm. If a series of events can go wrong, they will. And in the worst possible order. Yeah. So the, the economy of scale, when you have more units that can have things go wrong, some will at the same time. Mm -hmm. So 30,000 has been my reserves that I keep. And even in years where I've replaced roofs, I've not had to raise that. What I do to fill the reserve is when I'm buying a property, I calculate 10% of gross rents is going for CapEx, maintenance, and repairs, 5% for vacancy. So a 15% total. So all of it together is used to fill that account if it's ever below its cap. So if it, when it was at 10, if it went lower, 15% of gross rents went there to fill it back up. Now that it's at 30, if it ever goes lower, 15% of gross rents goes there. So when it's capped, I don't take that extra 15% of cash flow that's coming from rentals and add it to my lifestyle because then I'm dependent on it and I don't have it to fill that account. Mm -hmm. I'll take that extra 15% that would be going to that account when it's full and add it to the investing fund. So it speeds up when the next investment purchase happens. But whenever there's a problem and I don't have money and I dip into that reserve account, I have that cash flow to fill that account back up. So I keep it really simple. I just did 10, then 30 while I'm working a W2. If I ever stopped working, I'd probably double it just mm -hmm. for comfort's sake to have that bigger cushion. Sure. And as the portfolio grows, then that number will grow too. There you go. Matt, what about you? Don't listen to me on this one. <laughs> oh! oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <clears throat> the reason that you don't listen to me on this one is because we got to the point, I'd say probably with 
I'd say probably with about 50 units where we had, I'd say like about $50,000 that we'd have in an account and kind of anything that have happened, like any single house, even if we had to pay the premium on, you know, a hurricane blowing through town, doesn't really happen in New Hampshire, but let's say it did. Sure. Um, we could pay the we could pay the you know the the um, the the deductible on on our policies and be able to then start building. Mm -hmm. So we in the very beginning we did much like what Dion did, which was take a percentage of the rent and keep on socking it away, and then after it you know hits a certain level, you can kind of siphon that off to buy the next one. So right. we did that for a long time. We've kind of reached that next progression um, where we have that fifty thousand dollars. And quite frankly, we don't account for any any sort of reserve or anything like that at all anymore. We just have our our fifty thousand dollar bucket, and if we have to do a roof, we do a roof. But largely, we can do that out of cash flow profit. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's that's really where we've gotten to at this point. Which, quite frankly, just to be clear, is new. That's probably in the last uh, probably in the last two years. That's, that's the method that we've gone with just because we found that a lot of times what was different for us as well, and this is also a little bit different than Dion's strategy, is that when we were buying stuff, we were buying value stuff, Yeah. i.e. Yeah. stuff that we knew we were going to do a roof, we knew we were going to do a heating system, we were knew we were going to put that sort of work in. Mm -hmm. So what that does is you're going to spend that money. The only question is when you're going to spend that money. So are you going to spend it in the first five years you own the property? Or are you going to do it when you first buy it? Or did the seller, you're buying more turnkey, did the seller just do it? And you're 20 years out before you need one anyway. So that's, that's how we did it. And again, that strategy, my strategy is not a good strategy for newer investors, younger investors. That is not a good strategy. Do not follow it. That is for the people that have taken that next level where they have enough cash flow coming in that if a $20,000 roof, a $10,000, $12,000 boiler, um, anything like that occurs, we can pay for it out of cash flow. We don't have to pay for it out of reserve. Yeah. So what I'll give you folks is kind of the three levels. So in the beginning, we had six months PITI until we had four units. So principal interest, tax insurance. Uh, roughly speaking, let's call it about $10,000, $12,000. That was our first step. Uh, once we started getting to, I don't know, let's call it our eighth or, yeah, I think our eighth house or seven houses in a duplex, whatever it was, I think we raised that to about 20000 uh, At this point, we keep $50,000. The only thing that's kind of different between the two of you is we have it in a separate account that is truly an emergency fund. Yeah, we have that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, don't yeah. see it. Don't count on right. it. It's, right. it is not to be, I don't care if the deal of the decade comes along, that 50K is not touched because as soon as you touch it, back to what Dion said, something bad's going to happen and then the whole portfolio could crash. Uh, so that's that's the only wrinkle that I haven't heard discussed here is our emergency fund is an emergency fund. And if we use it, we fill it back up to 50K and then we just, we don't, you know, we just live our life. But yeah, cash flow plays for a lot. Yeah, the first thing that I would fund is the very next month, the first thing that I would fund with cash flow back into that account. In fact, Mike, you probably get this when you do your PFS. We actually get asked about that account. They're like, you do realize you have this account there, right? We're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> why are there why is there no transactions? It, it exactly. literally like it's sitting there dead money, basically dead money all the time. And here's the other thing, too, is we will actually purposefully leave that in the bank Absolutely. that we have a majority of our mortgages with. A, because it's super liquid. We can access it and tap it within a moment's notice, number mm -hmm. one. And number two, and just as importantly is the bank sees the behavior 
but they also feel better about the balance being with them. Because yeah, every time I talk about my relationship with the bank, we talk about in numbers, exactly how big my relationship is with that bank. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we um, yeah, once we started doing more and more commercial loans, we had to go to different banks. And yeah, they, we now have savings and checking and money markets and divided up uh, evenly. So yeah, that's um, very, very wise advice. So Dan, any closing thoughts on emergency funds? Yeah. I like the way that Matt put it where, so someone write that down. Oh! Like that um, it does not happen. Don't compare his current year yeah, no. to year one. No. An, an example is I did something in year eight that I would never recommend in the first five years. Hmm. I was buying a fourplex. It needed a roof. I had about 140 something thousand dollars because the income snowball had kicked in. It was the most money I'd ever seen in my life. And I was putting 20% down on a fourplex putting the money down, knowing it needed a roof, doing the repairs, doing cash for keys to the unit because I was going to own or occupy. My account went from a little over 140 down to $200 oh! to my name. So, so no safety account, no emergency fund, no anything. <laughs> the lender in that instance, because I still had it at the time, I've gotten rid of it since then. They used a 50% of a retirement account as my reserve for them. So, uh, so there was a, there, I had a $17,000 credit card with zero money on it. So I had like, I knew in year one through five, I never would have done this. I, yeah. I would, I would tell anybody, don't do this. But once the income snowball kicks in, I have a W-2 that was paying. I have cash flow from seven units at the time when I was buying this. Buying the fourplex, I prefer to buy owner-occupied properties. I closed on January 6th. I get the prorated rents for January till February 1st. I get the rents for February, and then I did cash for keys and moved in in February. By March 1st, without counting W-2 income, from the fourplex, I had $10,000 in my account from the fourplex. And yeah. then my first mortgage payment was due. Yeah. Year eight and year one are different animals. Yeah. So not only just the reserves, but the tactics that we can use. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. Yeah, let me just be very clear. No one in the one rental at a time family is allowed to do that. That's way, <laughs> way too scary. Nope. Not, bucks. No, not, awesome. no. Mm -mm. But, but let me tell you what that, so here's what the, the thing happened. That was the second house hack. Okay. I went from paying $300 a month in a duplex sure. to that cash flow. It's like 1200 now, but it was 800 when I moved out. That's so awesome. $800. So I'm not paying 300 and I gain 800. So there's an $1,100 difference. Yeah. I move into the fourplex with the other three units rented out. Sure. I'm getting paid $1,700 a month to live here. That's awesome. So add 11 and 17 together, the cash flow change from just moving. Yeah. $2,800 a month, right? Yeah. I did the math on that, right? Yeah. Or even close. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. So from that one property, that's why I was like, yep, 200 bucks. I got a credit card. I got a, I got a retirement account. I don't need a reserve. Let's just go. Yeah. Don't think for two months because you'll think this was stupid. Yeah. I'll call Bank of America. I, so I just want to make sure this card's still active, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dion, congratulations. I'm glad it worked out. Nobody in the one rental at a time do that. do that. Good call. Good call. Okay, Matt, any, uh, Dion, how can they find you? For more <laughs> horrible advice, right here on YouTube, the <laughs> financial freedom. No, the advice is great. The action, not so much. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just keep teasing. Yeah. Matt, how, how about you? Yeah, do as do as I say, not as I do. I yeah, guess. Do yeah, do um, so lumberjack landlord on YouTube. I think the key is, I mean, really, people need to understand that that strategy 
morphs just as any other part of your strategy based on your cash flow. It has to. Yeah. It has to because you will get to the point when you're a few rentals in where you're like, okay, income snowball is happening. Uh, why do I have that much sitting in reserves again? Because you're still taking your 3%, your 5%, your 7 your 9 your 12 You're still taking all those percentages. And you're like, eventually it just leads to a big, huge pile of dead money. Yeah. Awesome. But when you get to that big, huge pile of dead money, that's when you then make the adjustments because you don't want that much dead money. Yeah. Uh, so Lumberjack Landlord on YouTube and uh, live stream on Sundays, 1130 a.m. Eastern time and yeah. Instagram. And Instagram. Yes, he's he's actually been doing, I think, like 17 days in a row or something. It's yeah, yeah, incredible. yeah. Like every day, because it's funny because every single day I do my, my reviews with my crews that are in the field and what's going on. <clears throat> and then even stuff that I have to wait, like if it's an empty job, I actually go out after the entire family's asleep. I drive out there in a minivan, <laughs> check it out. And I'll literally have to turn lights on to take pictures. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, it's awesome. Ridiculous. Guys, one red side at a time channel is different. It's not just one person talking. It is a collection of eight or nine experts that come back each and every week for you. So like, subscribe, comment, ask questions. We are here for you. Instagram, YouTube, website, books, all that good stuff. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mike.